This episode of The Blur Mob contains explicit language. While we want everyone to enjoy the show, sometimes we may say things that are not appropriate for all ages. So, in other words, mom, dad, granny, we cussing. Discretion is advised. King G. Grossite ENT. <laughs> Rock with it. Rock with it. Rock with it. Rock with it. Let me, let me pop my shit. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me pop my shit. Hands up. What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Blur Mob, your hub for all things black and nerdy. I am your host, Foop, joined by my two co-hosts, Ryan and Ralph. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other streaming service, make sure you hit that follow button so you can get updates from the mob. And if you lovely people are watching us on YouTube, make sure to smash that like button, subscribe, turn on those bell notifications for future uploads, and comment on how you felt about this video. Even he's been doing that for the past couple episodes. Now, I'm gonna give it to him. I'm gonna give it to him this time because we did get some more subscribers. I'm gonna give it to him this time. Yeah, they fucking with it. <laughs> but we are here today to do a mob review on the Amazon Prime series <sighs> Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Um, before we get into it, I just want to say that this is going to be a spoiler-filled review. So if you are not caught up with Rings of Power, or if you even missed the last episode, I would advise you press pause, go finish the series, and then come back, because you do not want to hear the season from us. But, um... I recommend don't even guys finish ready? the series. Save yourself the pain. <laughs> <laughs> don't even finish it. <laughs> Damn. What? What? Don't give well, them bad advice. Well, that's the mob review. <laughs> that's the, that's, that's the mob review. <laughs> <laughs> that's it right there. Roll credits. There we go. But all right. We got a couple hot takes. I want to hop into the first one. So Rings of Power gave us another character ensemble throughout the series, which is something that we aren't unfamiliar with but i want to touch on the execution do we feel like this character ensemble was executed well definitely not the only you want to know something watching the hard foots every time they popped on screen i gagged i was like get them away from me I don't like seeing them. Every time Galadriel spoke, I was freaking disgusted. She was hypocritical in her ideas and her views. The only characters that I enjoyed seeing were the ones we saw the least. And that was Elrond and Durin. This character ensemble, I don't feel like I had time to relate to any characters. I barely had time to learn characters' names. A lot of their motives and goals weren't clearly stated or they flip-flop on them. I've seen a better, a better character ensemble. I don't want to throw Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon in there, but we've seen better. And those ain't the only examples. They're just the best examples. What about you? What say you, Ralph? Uh, I didn't like the character ensembles. Um, for me, it was difficult to keep up with, again, what Ryan was saying, everybody's name, and like how everybody's story was intertwining or how it's supposed to. I felt like they extended it too long through each episode like we we barely got any any sight of prince uh Darren 
like which I felt was you know good. It was fun. You know, we was learning more about you know how the dwarves lived and their beef with the elves and everything like that. So that was fun. But watching the heart force, it was kind of it felt very long for for no reason. I understand you know getting a full understanding of who they are, you know, like how they live, how they move, how they do all of this, but you literally extended it from, I think, what episode, I want to say, we got you introducing like episode two or three throughout the entire mm-hmm. season. So I don't think it should have been. And one episode, long. they ain't even, they weren't even in. Yes. Like, it, I think it, it was it, like one episode, they weren't even in it. Wasn't that the and, war episode where we didn't see the Harfoots where they had that one battle? Now, they they was in the no, war episode the, because yeah, I they remember were the they were in that episode because Mount Doom had like exploded. And then yeah. meanwhile with the Harfoots, we ain't got no apples. And I was like, what? <laughs> but my opinion like, on the character ensemble, I also agree that this wasn't executed well. This was too many character plot lines. Like after episode one and two, we are we're still getting introduced to characters. And like Ron said, some of these characters' intentions, goals weren't like clearly stated. Um some of these storylines were abandoned, like the whole storyline with Brown. Um, Aaron Deere, Theo, Aaron Deere, didn't mm. even it. Yeah, they didn't even exist in the last episode. We don't know what's up with them guys. Um, some weren't resolved, like um, the whole thing with what happened to um, what's what's his name, son, Elendil. Like what happened oh, yeah. to his son? Like we had like plot lines that weren't resolved. And then when you had characters that met up, because I think the biggest thing about any character ensemble is when you have separate plot lines that meet in the middle. And when episode six came around where two of the plot lines met in the middle, I just don't feel like it gave enough stakes. Fell fell very flat. Yes, you guys. It fell flat because you have Galadriel and the rest of Numenor coming to Middle-earth. And yes, they showed up and they saved the Orts, which met in the middle with the story with Erendir. But then after that, they just turned around and left. Like, mm-hmm. hey, crossover episode, now we finna go. E- even the so, way they... C- and then even... And I, I... Right quick. And even after that, like, they don't even mention the fact that they were in, like, Middle-earth. Like, they took... The only thing that they took from that whole interaction with Middle-earth was that one quote from Adar, which Galadriel put together at the end to figure out that Halbrand was Sauron. Mm-hmm. But, like, everything else that happened through that whole sequence of episode six basically just went down the drain for the next two episodes. Yeah. Bro, just the way... You, you, you touched on something. The way they understand. connected these... um. You go, Ralph. You go, Ralph. Look, the way they even connected these character ensembles felt for the pacing to be so bad. Go and then not let him go. Cause, cause then he said I could go unless my internet slow. Cause he, he, I said he could go. Then he said you can go, and I was like, okay, I'll go. (laughs) 
could have, I could have sworn he was finna start talking. He said, "You can go." It's After fine. I say he can okay, go. Okay, who? Hey, okay, okay, <laughs> go ahead. Ryan. Feel real passionate. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. I, I was just, it was, it was something. But just the way they connected this, like the way the pacing was, and even how they connected these stories to make us feel impactful, it wasn't until like what episode four or five that we found out Galadriel and Numenor was even going to sail to Middle Earth. And the way that the pacing was so bad, but then they somehow knew how to get there. They got there quick as hell. They figured out exactly where to go. We got to the battle. None of the characters' relationships felt impactful. The way the the war ended, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Which characters felt memorable to y'all? Which character do y'all say y'all know? I want to touch on that, too. I want to touch on that too because I want to talk about um god dang it where <laughs> is it that I had it cuz I was thinking about this with how this series compares with the other fantasy series that we've seen and if we want to go like high level we got to bring in Game of Thrones and we have to bring in The Witcher mm-hmm. on the scale of characters None of these characters in the series were memorable to me. None of them were relatable. None of them really like made a heavy impression on me. And if you remember from one of those previous episodes, I was like, I like Aaron Deere's character. But like I said before, they just left his character in the dust. He has no resolved plot line. Like in episode eight, we do not see him at all. We don't know what's up with him. I don't even think we saw him in episode seven. Oh, we did see him in seven. But it was like, as the series went along, I had no characters to attach to. I had no characters who I was rooting for. Like. Yeah. You want to know the one character that made some sense? It's like. With with characters that they put into the series, I feel like they were trying to introduce too many all at once. It's like I understand you want us to get the full picture of you know the the entire world of Rings of Power, you know, getting to know each realm of what they are. <laughs> but to a certain mm-hmm. extent, you should limit yourself in trying to introduce so many characters into each realm. Like, just introduce the realm as itself instead of trying to introduce each and every character that's in each realm. You know? Like, we, we at least got at least three I or agree. four characters from each realm every time. I agree. Especially with this being a series, like, you guys have the advantage of taking your time with these characters like you don't have to shove all of these characters in the first season like i think it it's it's giving me the eternals but in series form yeah but like it could have been executed way better because as the series went along we're constantly being introduced to new characters to the point that we can't even keep up with half of them 
And then there's no, and then there's going back to my relatable thing. There's no characters that are really sticking out to me to where I really care about this storyline. So I'm but not for- attack. I'm not latching on to the characters that are currently being introduced. And now I'm being forced to remember these mm-hmm. newer characters in their storylines that you guys are throwing into this series. And there's levels to relating to a character. Like, I don't feel like this show had many three-dimensional characters in terms of I can understand their feelings, why they may go against their goals, what their goals are. And part of that is the fact that we have one, I'll say one overarching story. We think we're in peace, but there's a big bad somewhere out there in the shadows. Let's figure out what he is or where he is and how to get him, et cetera, et cetera. Overarching? It's not the so I, my counter usually, question is my count my counter question is was that even the overall story because half of the storylines that we went through half of them weren't even aware of Sauron and like going back to the Harfoot story they didn't know nothing about <laughs> Sauron they just out nah. here trying to move like That's their whole I'll... thing is trying to move. That's what I was getting to. We had all so, these side stories to where we couldn't figure out what the story was. There was if the Harfoots were taken out with the magic dude, if they were all taken out, let's be honest, would that have made the story worse or better? Probably better because they could have donated that time to actually expanding upon the elves, the dwarves, and what they all got going on. Even the dwarven story, it was needed to help build the ring. It was the most interesting part, but even a lot of that was unnecessary. And that was the funnest part. But in terms of what was happening in Middle Earth with the yeah. humans, we barely built a relationship with them. All we know is that they hated the elves. They had that one elf. Next thing we know, they found their new king. The king is trash. Now he left. We don't even know what's going on with them, aside from Numenor kind of helping yeah. out. Numenor threw themselves in a battle. Didn't y'all just not trust the elves a whole few minutes ago in the same episode? And now y'all are sacrificing lives, and all of a sudden y'all are motivated to fight? There were so many overarching with stories. No, with no substantial proof that the at enemy all. is even over there. No substantial at- proof at all. But Galadriel being in prison for a couple days, escaping prison, and confronting Muriel in front of her daddy. Made y'all want to fight. That's all it took. And, and that's what I'm Sent saying. The story was flawed. over there because she showed up in your daddy bedroom. <laughs> exactly bro like the story was flawed and every character went against what they believed in it was hard to relate to a character because it's like what do you stand for you're i don't well, even know if you're written as a hypocrite this. or not so this so this is the next uh the next hot take that i feel like let's we're gonna lead into let's step outside of the story let's talk about the budget should amazon prime have directed more of their budget towards the writers and the directors of the series yes. because the let's let's be honest the cinematography of this series was bomb the sets amazing the cgi amazing top tier art then we makeup get into the story i'm just saying oh like the the full visual aspect of top it tier. was top tier but then when it came to the writing and when it came to the directing of this, to me, it fell flat. When you look on IMDb and you look at the ones they hired, I know 
we try to be nice. We try to be politically correct. We don't want nobody to lose their job. But for Amazon to buy the rights to one of the pillars in pop culture, Lord of the Rings, you should have got somebody with some experience leading this ship. You should have hired a captain who didn't sell DCs to make this move, make this series because it. They only invested in graphics. The graphics paid off. But what's the point of having a good scenery, good colors, good costume design, and the story sucks? The acting is... Uh, the writing... Uh, looks good, though. <laughs> looks good, though. The Dwarven City looked yeah. amazing. Yeah. Numenor looked amazing. They, they put a lot of time into the sets, but... I don't think they put enough time in the directors or the writers of this series because there were certain moments where they're having this really intense conversation and the dialogue and the back and forth is like, this is not making sense to me. Like there was a scene where Galadriel and Halbrand were going back and forth about why Halbrand didn't want to go back to Middle Earth. And Halbrand just gets angry all of a sudden why do you want to keep, why you want to go over there? Why do you keep fighting? And Galadriel turns around, because I can't stop. Girl, what? <laughs> Bro. Look. When I say that was the worst response ever. L- literally, like, Galadriel, talks about, <laughs> Galadriel talks about saving her people. They catch that elf who turned into an orc or whatever, who was leading the orcs. And she just comes in him talking about genocide. Like, I want to murder all your people. I'm hunting every single one of your da- one of y'all down. We're just like y'all. We're trying to live. We're trying to survive. Now I'm going to hunt y'all down. Few moments later, leading this human boy out of the city through all of that smoke that y'all should have died in and trying to get him back to the Numenorians. Yeah, I just want to hunt down all the orcs. I don't care for them. No, boy. Don't be like that. Don't turn your heart ast- astray. What? You was over here talking about genocide. You were being xenophobic <laughs> just a just a few minutes ago. What are you talking about? He was real. She was real. Aaron Yeager. Yeah. <laughs> in the previous episode. I, I'm he a murder all the y'all. The rumbling. The rumbling. <laughs> like, like was she written but as a hypocrite or I, was that bad writing? I think it goes back to the fact that none of these characters really had any established goals or intentions with them or like were really grounded in the beliefs that they had because when it's and it's weird for this to happen in a series because in a series that's where you develop that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and I get it she wants to find Sauron but at at certain at certain points, I agree with Ryan. At certain points, it's like y'all are just saying stuff just to say stuff. Y'all doing stuff just to do stuff. Like, bro, the queen sense. was riding I, on her horse. The queen was riding on her horse, just staring. Dude touched her, realized she couldn't see. He said, "Don't let the others find out." Okay, gets back to the um the camp. Somebody sees her. She's blind. A few seconds later. She got on a blindfold. What was the purpose in this? I like little scenes like that. I don't even know if y'all remember, and it may seem petty, but little I scenes do. like that, I none do. of the characters make sense. She was trying to sense. pretend. She was trying to make it seem like she wasn't blind, and then turned around and put a blindfold on. Like, 
Oh, oh, dude, she over here blind. Galadriel says, oh, are we going to continue with the war or whatever? She was like, yes, we will continue. My guard turns around, looks into the camera. It felt like a fifth grader wrote that. Come on, bro. Do y'all remember these scenes? (laughs) I I was not a big fan of the dialogue. Like, we could go through many examples, but I was not a big fan of the dialogue in this series. I wasn't. I was not. Honestly, I fell asleep during at least like two or three episodes. When I said they were so long, bro, it felt like I was sitting through a two-hour movie. And it was like only an hour and long. I f- and I feel like it's because they weren't selling me a compelling story. Because it's not like we haven't sat down and watched hour-long episodes in the past when it came to certain series. But the fact that this the pacing was so slow and the story wasn't compelling and we're context switching so much. It makes this really hard for you to sit down and want to watch this in one sitting. You're right. And it's a- like, cause I found myself pausing it multiple times just to see where I was in the episode. Cause I'm like, come on y'all. It's like, it was like uh, sitting through a lecture in college. Every like, 15 minutes, I was pausing the episode, getting on Instagram. In one episode. Not three naps in one episode. <laughs> I was sad. What'd you say, Ron? I think the connection was sucking because I said something that Ron started talking and I was quiet for like a whole 30 seconds. I heard you talking. I just didn't hear what you said because Ralph was talking. <laughs> man, it, man. Audience, while y'all watch this, understand it's technical difficulties. I was just, I was adding on to what y'all saying, saying like every 15 minutes, I paused the episode to check Instagram, like I was in a lecture in college. And that's how boring each episode was. I couldn't get into it. Like, I watched it just for the hope that at some point, the series was really going to make like a breaking point. And I thought we had reached that point in episode six. Mm-hmm. And then we went to episode seven and it just went back to the same way that it was episode one through uh, five. And then episode eight wasn't any better. And let's talk about episode eight. We finally find out who Sauron is. And it is the worst, most anticlimactic reveal that I have ever seen. It. They tried to make it big and dramatic and all so emotional for Galadriel. But I felt, I didn't feel any of it. It felt like the betrayal in Eternals. To just go back to that, when we find out that Icarus was the one who killed their leader and was doing all this stuff. And I'm watching it like I'm confused. And they're just getting into all of these high stakes battles and like arguments and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, whoa, what is going on right now? It's it's because the Halbrand to Beast. Go ahead, Ron. No, keep going. Uh, You probably finished hit on it. I was going to say for Halbrand to be Sauron, I don't feel like they made it very obvious that it was going to be him. 
But I will say that they also didn't make it obvious for what his purpose was supposed to be in the series. Because, to be honest, I wasn't even believing the King of the Southlands storyline. Like, if you're going to deceive us, at least make the deception believable. Mm-hmm. Like, See, even the deception wasn't believable. The thing is, I it's interesting. I think you could tell he was going to be Sauron, but as somebody who is familiar with the Lord of the Rings lore, and I'm like, they're going to write the big bad whale. I kind, you could kind of tell, because even Galadriel, she was distrusting, hated everybody, wanted to kill all the orcs, motivated, seemed like she was all, on all ten toes when it came to everything. She easily trusted this man who gave her little to nothing about his past. She sees a symbol, he comes up with a lie, or whatever, saying he would, like, and she assumes he was the king and everything else, and motivates him to do better, wants to put him on a pedestal. What made you trust him? You don't trust nobody else. You don't want to fight with nobody else. You only want to get to your war and and redeem the death of your of your of your brother or whatever. And you trust this man all up until he what makes a certain phrase in the most recent episode, and you're like, hmm, piqued my interest. And now all of a sudden he's like, you're just like me. You trusted me. I didn't tell you nothing. It was just bad writing. To where once you get to that point, there was no good build up. And then the climax, you just rolled your eyes. Oh, he's Sauron. Cool. We look into the ocean. We finally see some real magic. He takes her to the past because he manipulated her mentally or something. And it just wasn't anything. It wasn't anything. It was no payoff. I think, because it's interesting that you said that there were some hints. And it, it could be because I'm not familiar with the Lord of the Rings lore. Like, and for this to be a prequel story, I, I feel like you put the pieces together because you know what the Lord of the Rings story is past this. So it, it, it's in, pe- in certain pieces of his character, it made sense. But me just watching it, it's like we're looking for the big bad. And to me, I just didn't get any like inkling that he could be Sauron. Like, I got feelings that he's not who he says he is, or he's got, you know, there's something off about this relationship, but it just didn't, to me, it just didn't give Sauron. And it could just be for the fact that because of how I feel about the series as a whole, I didn't really feel the need to lock in on that. How did you feel about them trying to um... almost put Sauron and Galadriel in a relationship? Like, it seemed like it was hinting at potential romantic patterns that was yucky to me i i feel like maybe they should have kept it platonic it was the very cliche oh be my bride be my queen and it was and then i'm looking at it like how do how do we get to this point like if they ever if If through the scenes, their intention was to portray some type of romantic tension between the two, and then the betrayal comes in, it was like, oh, we thought they were going to get together. I didn't feel that. I didn't see that. So that whole interaction right there was out of the blue, and it was yucky to me. Like, in no way, shape, or form did we ever think that you was lust that he was lusting for you or you were lusting for him for this whole that whole scene to even come about. 
Yeah. Not at all. If anything, they just had similar interests in what they wanted to get done. That was about it. I don't even know if it was like similar interests because Halbrand wanted to stay on Numenor. <laughs> there like, we go. <laughs> even if his yeah, even if his whole goal, even if he was Sauron and his whole end goal was to get to Middle Earth anyway and get the Mithril and do what he needed to do, initially, before we even knew he was Sauron, he wanted to stay in Numenor, and it was Galadriel just constantly pushing him like, "Go to Middle Earth, go to Middle Earth, go be king, go to Middle Earth." So. And she really didn't even have much motivation behind wanting him to do that. Like, she wanted a war. She wanted support, but she had the Numenorians. Why are you trying to drag this guy along who you have no reason to be attached to? Like, he pulled you up from the ocean, but it seemed like you were swimming for days. You probably didn't even need him. Maybe if they had maybe emphasized more why that sigil was important and why the people, the people in the Southlands needed a king. Maybe I would have got down behind Galadriel and been like, yeah, we really need to convince Halbrand to go back over there. But you just making him go over there because he's he needs to be over there because you think he's the king of the Southlands. It's not. And that's my it's going back to my whole reason of why they went over there. Galadriel gave you guys nothing for you all nothing. to suit up Avengers Assemble and go over to Middle Earth. She didn't even bring you no elves to help fight. It was only her. Nothing. No motivation. Yeah. There we go. I... I don't know. So to get into the choices of the characters, I want to step into some of the creative changes that they did in the series because I've... Ryan brought it to my attention. I've read a couple articles out there that Rings of Power does not line up with the lore of Lord of the Rings. They made some changes to fill in some holes, or they did the thing like you guys know how shows do, where they tweak certain pieces here and there to make it more enjoyable or a bit more digestible for the audience. For this series alone, do we feel like those creative changes gave benefits to the series? I don't even think I even know what creative changes are. Honestly. So it was like changes from what I saw, it was basically changes into how certain characters interacted, certain characters' beliefs. Um one of the other ones where or they were they were decisions that they made that weren't specifically stated by Tolkien. Like Muriel going over to Middle Earth. Or I also read that Galadriel wasn't the one that convinced Numenor to go to Middle-earth, it was the Elf King Gil-galad who was supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there were changes in the lore about the the Elves' relationship with the dwarves, like Celebrimbor was supposed to be the one that had that tight linkage with the dwarves, but they gave it to Elrond and things like that. And Ryan, you could speak more on this than me when you know more than the Lord of the Rings, but it's it's just that I am not well versed in the Lord of the Rings lore, but I know pieces of it because I watched the movie as a kid. And the thing is, 
nothing, even though they tweak their lore, and I'm I'm normally against folks tweaking the lores of when they go write books and movies because I feel like it's arrogance. The stories got popular because of the original writing. And for them to tweak something, they tweaked how Galadriel even is because to my knowledge, she was magical in the first hand. Like she wasn't this like I swing blades type person. Last I checked, she was more so on the level of a mage. And I don't understand what their intentions were. I don't know if they wanted to put more focus on her. I don't know if they wanted more interactions between these characters because maybe the writers were fans of the series. But I sure will say this. This doesn't make me want to look into the franchise more. This doesn't make me want to understand it more. This wasn't... I don't feel like this was executed because we had those little witch people going up to the... I'm assuming they're making him Gandalf, and I don't want them to, who was hanging out with the... um. Harfoots saying, "Oh, we're it's our Lord, it's our Savior. Well, we're going to give you your powers back. He doesn't know who he is." And then at the end, it's not him; it's somebody else. And I'm like, "Please don't make this Gandalf. Please don't. That's please the don't rumor, just though, that it, yeah. it it could be Gandalf. But, but I don't I don't know all of the Lord of the Rings lore. But I will say this because I've seen franchises where they have made changes to the lore." And sometimes it pays dividends, and sometimes it does not. I can't be sure that if they would have stuck to the lore in this series, if it would have been better than what it was. Because I feel like there are some other issues with this series other than the fact that they didn't stick to the lore. I'll give you that. Because I I don't know... I won't deny that if they had stayed true to the lore, that this series could have been a bit better. You know, because we'll, you know, it's it's because sometimes you'll be like, eh, but then you'll find out that, oh, this is how it happened in the book. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, if this happened in the book, then maybe this, that, and the third might happen. But... I think, I don't know. I, I just don't, and maybe maybe we, we, could, we can touch off this since we don't know too much of the lore. I just, I don't know if staying true to the lore would have made this series better. Because I know it sure made the fans mad because I watched some of the videos and they, every, like, because, like, I think Gandalf is an angel, celestial, like, the equivalent to, like, celestials or something. And people are trying to figure out who those little bright eyed, the the light blue eyed sorcerer who was like bald headed and had the supporters. People are trying to figure out why are they introducing them now? And it, it turns out there was like angels or something in the history. And even then, they weren't explained well. And like my whole thing they is just all up. I, yeah, they just exactly up like I. And that's what I'm saying. Like it felt like. Uh, it felt like a poorly written fan fiction. Like, I was this for the Lord of the Rings fans? Because if somebody like Ralph, who never even touched on Lord of the Rings, watched this and don't know what's going on, the fans of the Lord don't know what's going on, who was this meant for? Who was the target audience? Y'all should just not took, put I Lord of the Rings on the that. title. As a person who has not seen the Lord of the Ring movies, this series did not make me want to go back and find that out because from my personal experience with 
these fantasy series, for me to dive into the lore, it usually starts with the series. Harry Potter started with me watching the movie series. Game of Thrones started with me watching the series. The Witcher, even though they've had games in the past, I didn't get interested into the series. So, me watching this series and just not getting anything from it does not make me want to go back and watch the movies. Not saying that I won't go back and watch a Lord of the Rings movie, but it didn't push me. It didn't compel me to, oh, let me go and watch the Lord of the Rings movies so I can put some of these pieces together that I kind of understand. Like... Even if you can't watch them, The Hobbits were more so recent, and they were a fun watch. I'll give you that. They were long, but at least they told a pretty conducive story, and it was pretty interesting. But The Hobbit, I think, is like post-Lord of the Rings, or pre. It could be like pre, and then this is pre to that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but... I... It's sad, bro. It's sad. Keep going. Keep going, Foot. Preach. So let's... I I don't know, but I want to get into this because this was the big thing with Rings of Power with them adding actors of color to the series. And then it was a big uproar about them trying to make the series woke, et cetera, et cetera, that elves and dwarves and whoever else couldn't be people of color. Did we feel like being woke, and I'm going to put this in quotations because I don't feel like that's what they were trying to do. Did being woke actually impact the show like everybody thought it was going to impact it? I will say this. You go, Ralph. Keep going. I want to hear what you got to say. So, so in a negative way, no. And I say that because the characters that I actually like out of the series were actually black. Like, for instance, um, I can't remember his name, but the Doors' um, wife that we actually got to meet. Disa. When yeah, when we when we what's her name? Disa. 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 Yeah. So when we got to actually meet her. In the series, she made going through, um, like, you know, meeting Prince Durin and, you know, her interacting with the kids and also her interacting with, you know, like, her her husband and everything else. She made that episode and the time we got to see with her in it fun. And we actually, and me personally, I, you know, I very much felt she was a great character as she was. She was a good actor in the scene that she was in. So I didn't have, you know, any any bad problems with, you know, our uh, actors of color being in the series at all. They actually made it, you know, a bit more interesting or a bit more fun. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. But I'll also say this definitely gave that argument more ammo, mostly because of everything we talked about beforehand. I wasn't in the calls and the meetings and the organization of this series with the director. But isn't that? But is that? But is that their fault though? Maybe, no. maybe, I, I, if that gave that argument more ammo, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. You guys are focused on the wrong thing with this series. 
Because what do the actors have to do with the fact that most of this series was written and directly directed poorly? That's not their fault. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what they were focused on because they were the. When I'm saying they, I'm talking about the investors, the producers, and everything at Amazon who invested in this show. I don't know when they were writing this show. Obviously, they were focused on graphics. That's where the money went towards. We can see that. But were they focused on diversity? Mm -hmm. Was their focus inclusion? Because if it was, I wish they would have directed that focus to the story. I'm not saying it is. But I'm saying for the folks who are arguing for, oh, it seems like Amazon's just trying to go for work woke instead of delivering us a Lord of the Rings spinoff. I'm saying that this is some extra ammo if they wanted to present an argument because this was a horribly written show for them to have great lore to feed off of. But my counter, but my counter argument to that would be is that Disa was not a main character. She was a supporting character to a supporting character. And if we get to Arendir. Arendir's storyline is not resolved. Not at like, all. Like, he, he didn't even get to me. I don't feel like he got that main character spotlight like Galadriel did or Elrond did. I don't feel like he got that spotlight. I feel like that they were supporting characters to this series. And yeah. I don't feel like people should blame them for that. Because if now that we've seen the series, I don't think they're, to fully put my stamp on it, I don't think they were trying to be woke at all. Because these characters did not get the attention that everybody thought they were going to get. Now, maybe that this argument spawned from the fact that they used these characters as a selling point in the series. I can see that as well. So maybe there's that line there's that line yeah. between that, but when you actually watch it, Disa is a supporting character to Durin, who's a supporting character to Elrond. And then Arendir is a supporting character to this whole Adar Sauron storyline. And he doesn't even show up in the last episode. And the he's foot, not the hard foot the was emphasis, bad though. The old man Harfoot oh, was yeah, basically like about, the leader. He was horribly written. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like that's not his fault. I feel like that whole Harfoot storyline wasn't written great. Right. I think that was like a here's this side quest. Like we have this we have the stranger with us. So this is what makes this side quest important. But if you took that whole piece out, I feel like we would have been fine. But at the same time, going back to my point, that is not their fault. And I don't feel like, at the end of the series, I don't feel like that should give more ammo to that argument. Right. I was, the only reason I'll say it does is because I don't, I can't tell what they were focused on. Because some of the other arguments I will say is, um, the Lord of the Rings books were written years ago, the sixties. When did old when did Tolkien yeah, pass been out, away? They've been out like so. I I know there's stuff dating back from like the nineteen fifties. Yeah. So the thing, so taking that into consideration, this book, the 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 lore, the stories, and how it was written, because Tolkien put a lot of effort into his books, drawing the maps and everything. It was geared towards a different audience. 
And you even see now Saints Row and other video games and shows being good examples where there's or even Splinter Cell, where they say they want to write for a more modern audience. And without getting mm-hmm. political and trying to digest that, I will say if I was to do some research and look into it, I want to see if there was a reason or why they felt the need to integrate more people of color. Um, also, it seems like a lot of token lore, it was more predominant male leads, although you did have Galadriel. And I wonder if them taking those turns were some of were played a part in them making twists on um, Tolkien's lore and his stories, making their own creative changes. And I'm not saying they were bad because they wanted to include diversity and inclusion. I'm just saying they did not execute it in a way to where it brought value at all. But I would say this, besides Galadriel, most of the high-level characters were male. And it's like, the only other person that you could put beside Galadriel was Muriel, as far as high-emphasized characters, or even Isildur's sister, which was weird, the way they included her, but we didn't really get a lot of spotlight. We didn't really get a lot of spotlight female characters. We got a bunch of male characters. Elrond, Arendir, Durin, like, most most of the characters that we really focused in on, Halbrand, Adar, were male Male characters. The other thing that I want to say is um, maybe I I will say maybe they did make the changes to fit the modern audience. But it also could have just been the fact that they had good acted like these actors and actresses fit the role that they were looking for. And also going to the fact that these characters didn't have heavy impact on the storyline. The leader of the Heartfoots did not have a big impact on the Nori and the Stranger storyline. Disa did not have a big impact on the storyline between Durin and Elrond. Arendir didn't have a big impact on this whole whatever that storyline was supposed to be. Like, he was there. And, you know, he had he played his role. But as far as like how the story went. I. Yeah, I, I don't see them doing I don't see them doing it. I see them doing it to fit the modern audience, but I don't see them doing it for like a big intention because these characters didn't to me didn't give much to the storyline. Right. And that's fair. And that's why it's like I want to know. I would love to hear the producers and the directors respond to fan critiques because I do want to hear their purposes. Like not like for me, it's not even about the adding black folks and all that to the show. I just want to know what y'all was focusing on. I want to know what y'all was writing this for. Who was, what made you make your decisions? I think the focus was cinematography. I think the focus was cinematography, and as long as that cinematography was straight, everything (laughs) that come under that is go. (laughs) Like, cinematography was priority one, and everything was priority ten. Like, hire who you want, write what you want, direct how you want. I just, just make sure at the end, it looks good. Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. 
and and it's hard, bro, to not compare this to House of the Dragon. I know we're going to do a review, but what made this show less digestible is the fact that we are watching a good fantasy at the same time. We're let we're me, seeing diverse characters play a great part. Let me in a, let me ask let me let me ask this question. If House because because Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, and House of the Dragon are streaming at the same time, or were streaming at the same time. Was Rings of Power put at an unfair advantage with being beside House of the Dragon? I think they should have held Rings of Power for a little bit. But I'll add a twist. House of the Dragon should have been at a disadvantage. Lord of the Rings spans years before our, our generation. Lord, everybody knows my precious. Everybody's heard that <laughs> phrase. Like that, but that's but that's what I'm saying. House of the Dragon should have been at a disadvantage if we're being honest. Should it have been though? But let me say this. My counter argument to that would have been Lord of the Rings has always been movies. While Game and video of games has always been has been serious. Okay. Movie, okay, Lord of the Rings is movies, books, and video games. But the only thing they haven't done was a series. And this was their first series coming out of that. While Game of Thrones, the prequel series, lasted, well, the initial series lasted eight seasons. And now you have House of the Dragon. So I... you have, you have, you have a fandom that's coming strictly from a series. Versus a fandom has, which has only seen content from, as far as cinema goes, movies. I kind of feel like they were put at a disadvantage as far as be, this being a starter series. I, I will say this. House of the Dragon was also at a disadvantage because look at how many, look at how many people signed a petition to have season eight rewritten. <laughs> look at how those showrunners <laughs> had but, to literally but, look but, at how but, the showrunners had to go off the map. <laughs> season eight and season seven. Season seven was trash too. It's just season eight was hot boo boo garbage trash. Let's not act yeah. like a lot of people hated Game of Thrones because season eight and seven ruined it for them. House of the Dragon had everything going against them. Even the Game of Thrones video game that came out was trash. Y'all don't even remember it. But y'all heard it. I hope y'all heard of Shadows of Mordor, the Lord of the Rings video game. Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor. No. Oh, maybe I'm just a fantasy guy. But R- Lord of the Rings is up there with Star Wars and Harry Potter. The reason this series was at an Avengers is because people are going to watch it just for the title. That's why Amazon paid for it. If this was just called the lovely rings of power with Lord of the Rings not attached to it. Nobody would have watched it. This show was at an advantage because they had the title Lord of the Rings attached to it. House of the Dragon was the underdog in my opinion. And it won. (laughs) It won. Well, they came on top. If that's your opinion, they came on top. I kind of feel like they, I feel like they were at a disadvantage because this is our first um, Lord of the Rings series. And this is Amazon's first time taking on something so, so well known and doing something with it. Like H- HBO is no stranger to this because of their deal with Warner Brothers. They got Harry Potter under their belt. 
And now, and then, despite how, despite Game of Thrones season seven and eight, they had it, even subtracting the two seasons that you said weren't good, they still have six solid seasons of Game of Thrones standing behind them. You're right. Fair. And, and in my opinion, the name Lord of the Rings has six movies with extended versions with a video game, with books that are popular because the Fire and Ice books by George R. R. Martin, I'm, I hate to say this because, you know, the writer for The Witcher got upset about this. More people started buying the books after the series came out. And Lord of the Rings had everything going for it. Everything. Go- Y'all ain't even really cared about Lord of the Rings. Y'all was like, a Lord of the Rings series? I'm going to check it out. I ain't going to go back and watch the old guess, movies. I guess it's just- but I guess it's just the way that people digest entertainment now. Yeah. That sometimes it takes seeing seeing it to go back and read it. True. I just don't. If if I'm using Ralph as my as my guinea pig, they didn't execute well because he's not gonna go watch but the Lord of the Rings movies extended cuts. <laughs> he's not gonna go. He's not gonna go play Shadows of Mordor and watch and play the in the on the Lord of the Rings online. Mobile MMORPG game. I, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't catch me there. Mm. Well, even if even if you feel like they weren't put at a disadvantage, I don't think they should have released side by side with House of the Dragon, because because now now everybody I feel like now everybody has these biased opinions that House of the Dragon did this. House of the Dragon. Did this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you. Like they should have waited. That that's they they really should have waited until House of the Dragon. That because way they give them time to touch up on things that needed to be worked on that, you know, people critique. Or what Ralph said, and let's just talk about the way that media flows. Friday, I'm gonna be honest. On Friday, when House of the Dragon drops, I don't see nothing on my TL, Sunday, Twitter Sunday, wise, Sunday. or Instagram. House said, of Dragon drop Sunday. House, House of Dragon. Dragon. Yeah, that dropped Sunday. I meant Rings of Power. I gotta stop oh. doing that. When Rings of Power drop, <laughs> Rings of Power drops on Friday, I don't see nothing on the TL. I don't see nothing on Instagram. But when House of the Dragon drops on Sunday, that hashtag gets blown up. It- so it's kind of like even if they were getting traffic on Friday, all of that gets erased come Sunday. Mm-hmm. But even better, they had that information. House of the Dragon was uh, Game of Thrones is getting blown up on social media since like season five or even season four. Mm-hmm. How that Lord of the Ring, like the the producers knew what was to be expected. They had all of, they had all of this prior knowledge, and they still did it. If they dropped by the same time I... as The Witcher, I think it, the same thing would have happened. Netflix is The Witcher. I think, yeah. I think maybe, I don't know, this is just my theory, that maybe they tried to add in that spunk. Like, let's release beside House of the Dragon and just put this competitive spunk on it. But I don't feel like that's something that you do for the first season of a series at this level. Like, I get it. I agree with you, Ryan, that a lot of people looked at this series, myself included, because of the Lord of the Ring, the name alone. Wait. But, but, 
I don't think it was a good move to release it alongside something as House of the Dragon for the first season. Now, maybe if we got two or three seasons in and this was the bee's knees, then it's like, hell yeah, I get to watch Rings of Power on Friday and turn around and watch House of the Dragon on Sunday. We eating. But this for this to be the first season, I don't think it was a good idea because going to House of the Dragon, people are watching House of the Dragons despite the hesitation because of Game of Thrones season eight. People were watching the series off the Targaryen name alone. You're right, but here's the thing: if you jump, if you throw something that's worth competing against into the fire, it will thrive. We even in the anime community, we got Chainsaw Man, Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War, Spy X Family, what? and what? all of these dropping but all at the about, same time. But let's but let's talk about this because this is this is. Let me, but let me say this, and this might even validate the Lord of the Rings argument even more, is that Chainsaw Man already has manga material out before we even saw episode one. As well as Bleach, as well as the rest of these animes. Nine times out of ten, the manga is out for the anime before it even gets animated. So you have majority of the audience already knowing what's gonna go down when the animation hits now like i was saying this might invalidate my lord of the rings argument because there is some material that goes alongside this series lots of it but then that just but then that just goes back to the fact that they didn't stick to the lore when this series came out and that's like why the soul anime, eater anime so they stick <laughs> But but nine times out of ten, the anime is going to follow the manga. It might tweak some things. We see the same thing with like the animated DC movies that they tweak some things that comes out of the graphic novel. But you pretty know you pretty much know what you're about to get into when you watch it. But that's what I'm saying. If you throw something mm-hmm. worth seeing, it's going to get sawed. Scene. <laughs> it's gonna get it's gonna get seen. If you put Just something into the fire, <laughs> he, yeah. he said he said sawed. <laughs> but oh but that's the thing. If you throw something worth watching, it's gonna get watched. Po- folks are gonna watch this regardless. People are going to watch this regardless, but it wasn't worth watching. If it was worth watching, My- we would still be comparing it to House of the Dragon, but enjoying it at the same time. But just to bring it back full circle is that we're doing a immediate comparison. Yeah. So say say if we were to compare this to The Witcher. The Witcher didn't release because we know that The Witcher didn't release at the same time as House of the Dragon and Lord of Rings Rings of Power. We were able to enjoy the series in its entirety without something beside it to compare it by. So you and me weren't comparing it to Game of Thrones the entire time watching it. I wasn't comparing it to the video games the entire time watching it. But, no, what we were, but what I'm saying is, is that we were able to enjoy it as a series without having something beside it that was releasing with it to immediately compare it to. You see what I'm saying? I j- but my whole thing is that doesn't make much of a difference. If it's good, 
it's going to get its light. We see this in video games. We see this in TV. Edge Runners was just thrown out there to the public, and that series is highly acclaimed now. In one day, what like it is, don't matter. It don't matter when you drop if you got quality. I guess. I guess what I'm trying to say is, let's say a DC movie and a Marvel movie releases at the same time. However, that D- if the DC movie. I'm going to go back to this. We talked about this a long time ago. Let's talk about the Batman and Multiverse of Madness, which were supposed to release both of them in March in 2022. But when when they pushed Multiverse of Madness back and let Batman stand alone in March, we got to enjoy the Batman as a movie, as a DC movie in its entirety in itself. And then we jumped two months later and got to enjoy Multiverse of Madness. Now, had the Batman and Multiverse of Madness had released both at the same time, I don't think the Batman would have got the traffic that it got releasing beside Multiverse of Madness. And that's all I'm trying to say for Lord of the Rings. People were going to go see the Batman off the name alone. And I'll give you that. You can get the traffic, but the ratings... The people who receive it and enjoy it is still going to be the same. I don't feel like if Multiverse of Madness and the Batman released at the exact same day, would people have enjoyed the Batman less? They probably would have saw it later. I'll give you that. It probably would not have been watched in the same frequency. I'll give you that. But I don't think anybody would have just not enjoyed it. They would have enjoyed it to the same caliber. If anything, you would have just been so happy that you got two great movies in the same weekend. You have some people who think like that, but I also feel like you have some people who are going to do the immediate comparison because it's out there. Right. I mean. And that's, that's, that's what that's I life. feel like. I, I feel you. I, I was just asking the question to bring it back full circle. Just to bring it back full circle. <laughs> I was just asking the question if did we think that Rings of Power was put at a disadvantage by being side by side of Rings of Power. And I think they were. Ryan said they wasn't. What was your answer, Ralph? I I I want to say I think I think they wasn't as well. Um, honestly, I don't have a whole lot to say about Rings of Power. It was pretty much a snooze fest for me, sadly enough. Um, <laughs> keep going, Ralph. Preach, Ralph. Keep going, Ralph. Like it, it didn't. As as a person that likes good storylines and you know the action mixed in, yes, I got the action at least mm-hmm. a little bit from them. Except I couldn't get that storyline that would keep me hooked. I could not get that from them. Like I feel like they dropped the ball, honestly. But the real question is, oh, they slung is anybody that gonna watch season two? That's the real question. Mm-mm. I don't even know what's coming for see. So the second, the second half of this was supposed to be theories, but I don't feel like we got enough in season one to even make a remote theory of what we think is gonna happen in season two. Foop, don't make us watch season two. Thank. <laughs> 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 uh, fa- the fan, I mean, the fans I mean, that watch us help really us. A, <laughs> it's really a toss for me. It's a toss of the coin of whether or not I'm going to watch season two or not because I just don't feel like 
season one gave us enough to even think about, ooh, I might think this is going to happen in season two. It's, at this point, I really just feel like we have to wait until they show us a teaser trailer or some information comes out as far as next season to really see what's going to happen. I want to see them say something. I want to see... I want to see the actors come out and speak about their experience. I want to see the directors. I want to see the producers. For me to watch season two, I need somebody to admit fault. <laughs> I need I need an apology for wasting my time and wasting my boy Ralph time. I need an apology. I, if going into season two, I just need to. I I agree with Ryan. I need some accountability to. The not well executed character ensemble, the reveal of Sauron, the writing, the directing. I need somebody to come out and just explain what was the motives of season one. Right. And I mm-hmm. also need, you don't have to give us much, but I would like to see where the direction is for season two. Like, where do, where do we go from here? Because I, the only storyline I feel like got resolved, and this is weird, is the Harfoot story. <laughs> the worst one. <laughs> like, that's that's the only, to me, that's the only one that got resolved. Like, they beat the three bald-head ladies. Well, all of them wasn't bald-headed. It was just that one. They beat the three ladies. The stranger finally got his memory back he can speak clean clear english now and him and nori are going off to figure out what's next like who is the who is who is he really and nori gets her adventure which is what she wanted at the beginning and the stranger we kind of figure out his deal and i only, i feel like that's the only one that got resolved but everybody else like where do we where do we go from here so, so I got a question for you. It's a hypo. Did y'all see that post? I think I put it in our chat where it was. Um, they said before when this was being um essentially auctioned off for the rights to Lord of the Rings, HBO was trying to compete and wanted to essentially remake the movies. I don't know if that was real, but if say HBO um wanted to remake the movies or even got the rights to a series. Or say even Netflix had got the rights to the series. Do you think it would have turned out better based off their old track records? So Netflix, I think both of them would have done really well with the series. Because Netflix, the way that they've executed The Witcher has been really good. And they've already had the argument with The Witcher about them not sticking to the lore. But I don't. But the the series still came out pretty good for what they had. Mm-hmm. And then HBO, we already know how HBO get down. As far as they these, get down. we already know how HBO gets down. So I I don't know. I also saw something that they didn't want to give it to Netflix because they didn't like the take that Netflix wanted to put on Lord of the Rings. And yeah. I'm not really sure why HBO Max didn't get the rights but i don't know maybe maybe amazon prime was like here's our vision and they was like yeah 
let's go with it. So, but I just mm-hmm. don't feel like whatever Amazon Prime told them that they were going to do with this franchise, I'm not seeing it in the series. That was like, yeah, we'll sell it to Amazon. Graphics. Maybe we'll see it in season two. Maybe not. I I think either of the streaming services could have done a good job with this series, but it's it's really just who you put in the room. Yeah. To execute it. Mm-hmm. Because Amazon Prime doesn't make bad series. Let's talk about the boys. Let's talk about Invincible. Like they have credentials. Vox Machina. It's just who did they have? Vox Machina. So it, it just begs the question: Who did they have have in the room for Lord of the Rings? I think Amazon Prime had a good contender. They they had it like Ralph said. They dropped the ball. They had the ball, and they and they dropped it. They slung it. So I, and they're filming season two right now. So it's, it's, they're kind of like, I I don't know what's the rush to get season two out, but I guess we'll find out. I want to hear from somebody who enjoyed this. I want to hear from somebody who enjoyed this. I want to hear why they enjoyed it. And I want to know what other fantasy series, movies, and franchises have they indulged in to compare it to. Well, if you're listening or watching this, uh, put in the comments and let us know how you felt about the Lord of the Rings series or send us a DM on any of our social media and let us know how you felt about the Lord of the Rings. But I want to go ahead and close this down. Do we have any final thoughts on Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power season one? I don't recommend watching it. Save your time. (laughs) well there you have it everybody this is our mob review of rings of power season one i already said you know hit us up on social media leave a comment and let us know how you felt about the series um thank you ryan and ralph for joining me for another episode of the blurred mob podcast and thank everybody who's been watching and listening I think I said watching. Him. I gotta stop doing that. Watching and listening. <laughs> and I said song. With that being said, <laughs> and with that being said, go ahead and lead us out, Ralph. All right. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram at the Blair Mob Pod. Make sure you guys follow us on TikTok and Facebook at the Blair Mob Podcast. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at the Blair Mob. And with that being said. Peace. Hands up. If you love them where you at, stand 10 toes down. Shot they ain't no looking at. They don't look at me. You can let them haters hate when they answer where I'm smiling. I just tell them life's great.